I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. Uh, my name's Pete Allison, and this is- Dave, why are you naked? <laughs> you know, people know we do this, Peter, in different cities, so uh, you can't get away with that one. But um, it's because, actually... If we're honest, it's because I put my pajamas in the wash after the live show at the weekend. Yeah. Okay. Fine. That's going to need some context, isn't it? Um. No. Let's leave it there. <laughs> uh, if you did come to the live show, thank you so much. It was so fun, wasn't it? It was. Um. It felt quite sort of uh, riotous at times. Yes. Yeah. That video that you took that you sent me. We so 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 we did um we did the inaugural Fuff Awards, didn't we? So we awarded yeah. loads of sort of awards for best character and worst character and Ross's worst behaviour and all that sort of stuff. And one of the categories was Phoebe's best song. And well, basically, what happened was, Pete. Let's let's be frank and honest with everyone, shall we? We made a decision about the song category that it wasn't going to include Smelly Cat. So the category was basically going to be best song other than Smelly Cat, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it ended up being the Smelly Cat Award for Phoebe's best song. Yeah, and and, and the, the 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 problem became well, probably basically the problem was we had a couple of wines and we forgot to actually contextualise yeah. that. So people started getting a bit angry when we read out all the nominations and Smelly Cat wasn't in it. So to rectify that, we ended up doing a big sing-along of Smelly Cat at the end to to sort of play the show out. Um, yeah. And uh, that did, it was it was loud, wasn't it? Everyone was, it was loud and it was riotous. You're right. Raw, a raucous occasion. Um, do, if I sound a bit different, by the way, I'm in a different room, maybe for the first time in a long time. I'm at my parents' house. I'm, we're probably nearer than... Than we normally are, Pete. Actually, I'm in the north. You're in the north, but over by the coast, aren't you? Yeah, other other end of the north, other side of the north. But um, if you hear a bit of traffic in the background, the other or, end of the north. What? The the other side of the north. You know what I mean? You're in the sort of you're you're left north, aren't you? I'm right north. I'm no, very I'm much in the north. middle. You're all oh, right. Yeah, fair enough. But more on the right hand side. If you drew a line, <laughs> you'd be you'd be to the right, well, right? Compared to you, because you're on the left. <laughs> yeah. If I- I think it's right, to say, that up. I'm quite tired <laughs> after the weekend and a five-hour drive today. <laughs> Let's move on. Question Fine. mark. Yes. Um, hey, do you want to know what this week's episode is? Do I ever? Shall I read the request? Um, well, I, I mean, I've said that, but it's you that has all the information, so I'll let you do it. Yeah, well, it's a good job we both knew it before we recorded, to be honest, because hopefully we watched the right one. Um, hi, Dave and Pete. Now, actually, before I continue, I've got a... Hi. 
Hi, hi. I got something. I've got something to flag, which actually you flagged to me at the weekend. And can you guess what I'm going to say based on the fact that all I've read so far is hi, Dave and Pete? Uh, is it the fact that one of our listeners um, thinks you're called Dan? <laughs> Somebody has sent us an Instagram message that starts, hi, Dan and Pete. Yeah. Have we replied to that or have we not out of pro- have you not replied out of protest? Oh, no, I, I haven't actually officially. Like when we get messages, I leave them unread until we get a chance to, uh, you know, to reply to it. So, so it, you can it be asked, yeah. It hasn't been processed. Well, no, just so we don't forget. And also, but yeah, I could just see it on the preview screen. So it says, hi, Dan and Pete. So yeah, I wonder if we just, um, just delete it forever. No, <laughs> of course we won't. We shall reply. <laughs> to be fair, Dan is better than Drew. That's true. Yeah, that one was my fault. Um, Hi, Dave and Pete. My name's Jordan, and I'm from Wales. Uh, I absolutely love the podcast. You guys have saved my sanity on a number of occasions through the different lockdowns, so thank you for that. Very kind of you to say. That's really nice. Thanks, Jordan. I'd love to request the one with the baby on the bus. I think it's a brilliant app, especially with Joey and Chandler on an adventure with Ben. Uh, apart from some problematic moments with Joey trying to use a baby to get women. Yes, we'll talk about that. Uh, I think there's some brilliant Chandler moments. And I wonder if you can guess my favourite line from him in the episode. It must be Scary Ass Clowns, surely. I I have a, a different favourite Chandler line from this episode, but we'll Do come to that you? shortly. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy going through this episode. Thanks. Uh, yes, we have enjoyed going through this. Well, we haven't gone through it yet, I guess, have we? But we have watched How do you know it. I enjoyed it? Well, that's what I was saying. Okay, fine. Okay, so as of... I hated every second of it. As we record, we haven't enjoyed going through it or watching it, apparently. I can't confirm that. Um, Where shall we... I mean, I feel like we need to do a quick... There's actually fairly significant other plots in this, aren't there? Because I was going to say, I'm not going to read the synopsis because Jordan's done it all, but then I realised he's only really done the main bit, so... There's still enough to cover, you know? So, the synopsis for Season 2, Episode 6, The One with the Baby on the Bus, written by Betsy Bournes. And I'm not just saying that for uh, a pointless detail. That will become important later, Peter. Um, will it? Yeah, 457306, your production code. Here's the synopsis. When Monica rushes Ross to the emergency room after he suffers an allergic reaction, Chandler and Joey babysit Ben. They use him as bait to attract girls. That's a horrible word, isn't it? Uh, but women think they're a gay couple. And then after accidentally leaving Ben on the bus, they're unable to identify which of two babies uh, the lost and found is Ben. Meanwhile, Phoebe loses her central perk gig to a professional performer. So she defiantly sings outside. Um, and... Oh, that's it. Where's the other? What's, right, what's, oh no, yeah, no. Do you know what I thought? Because I thought there were going to be three, but the bus and the allergies thing are sort of tied in, aren't they? Kind in, of the what, same in what thing, they've yeah. done there. It's one of those things where I sort of got halfway through, and then I realised that honestly, they've they put this in the synopsis, and a stranger accidentally drops a condom in Phoebe's guitar case and rushes back to reclaim it for an emergency. That is not a plot that should be in a synopsis, is it? No, that's a, an end of scene funny bit. That's a single line, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's why I sort of stopped as if to go, where's the other plot? Anyway, so there you, there your bits. So we'll, we'll talk about Betsy Bournes a bit more in a bit, but um, shall we start with Peter? Well, should we do the sort of baby on the bussy thing? And so, so we'll start with the allergies. Because sort of Rossi and Monica in this is, their storyline's very short and not much really happens, does it? Rare moment where they actually are sort of getting along as siblings as well, because she looks after him and then they have a little moment after. Yeah, it is nice. It is a nice sort of... Although, having said that, nice sibling episode, but the whole 
uh, plot line of this episode comes about, both the allergy and the baby on the bus, all comes about because Monica, his sister of 26 years, doesn't know he's allergic to kiwi. Yeah, and he also mentions that, um, well, she mentions that he's also allergic to peanuts, right? Right. But in the Vegas hotel room, he and uh, Rachel sit and eat nuts, don't they? Because he's like, there's that macadamia nut. I mean, I'm aware that's not a peanut, but still. (laughs) Yeah, if it's a severe nut allergy, I wonder if it's just peanuts. But it seems quite bad sibling knowledge to not know that your brother's a like. I, I guess I can't completely relate because my sister's not allergic to anything, but I figured if she was allergic to three or four things, I'd just know them, right? I'd just know them like that. I wouldn't be accidentally feeding her some of it. Are you allergic to anything? No, no, nothing. It's not a not a great avenue of conversation that for, for, for me, has it? Uh, allergies, me or my sister. Are you? Have you got any of them? No. <laughs> That's a dead end. A lovely dead end. Hey, look, they can't all be winners, Peter. They can't all That's be winners. True. Be nice if some of them were, but we'll hopefully get to one every three or four weeks. Um, but yeah, I just, I just felt like that's quite bad sistering, isn't it? Like putting him in a situation where he has to go to the hospital. If it's that bad an allergy, she should know that. You sort of down pat, right? Well, let's let's just just to be clear that the the rate at which his tongue swells up, or if that's what's happening, or, or throat, whatever it is, um, I mean he's he's in horrible danger given how quickly and dramatically that's happened. Very bad, isn't it? Very quick. I know exactly. So so it's not just an allergy, is it? It's a really severe one. Um, yeah. So they have to go to the, now. Now, now here's the other problem with this episode. <laughs> And um, I'm happy aware that all we're talking about so far is problems with the episode. There's also good stuff about it, and we will get onto that. But here's the other problem with the episode. The whole baby on the bus thing spins off from the fact that Ross says, we can't take a baby to the hospital. Why not? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. They're literally born there. Like... There's, there's loads of babies. It's not it's not like we can't take a dog to the hospital. Fine, a bit more of a normal thing. But you can definitely take a baby to the hospital, especially in a medical emergency, I would have thought. Generally considered quite safe places, hospitals. I would have thought so, right? And babies, really, again, it's not like they're running around causing havoc. Like, the baby will sit there in its little pushchair while you get your injection. I would say very few issues with that. You know when Monica uh, is upset because Ben keeps crying on her at the start? I also take it personally when babies cry on me, so I can understand why she's upset. It happened to me at the podcast festival, actually, this weekend, the live podcast festival. Uh, Our former guest, Mark Haynes, a good friend of mine, brought his kid down. Now, now, the thing is, I've got used to it now. Because I'm a very tall man with a beard, it turns out babies either hate beards and are terrified of them or they're fascinated with them. So it's, it's literally a 50-50 split. A baby will either grab the beard and just be like, what the F is this? Usually babies whose fathers don't have beards, so they've just never seen one. Or they'll just be like, this is terrifying. There's some sort of big monster, sort of like Sully from Monsters, Inc. type character. <laughs> like, and run, you know, like that's literally that scene where, she, you know, in Monsters, Inc., where she initially runs behind and is terrified the first time she meets Sully. That's it. That's kind of the oh. reaction I got. And that's what happened to me. So, um, yeah, that baby's on my bad list now, Mark, if you're listening. Yeah. Piss off, baby. <laughs> Come back when you're mature and sensible enough to appreciate a beard, Eva. Exactly. 
Um, anyway, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, I do take it personally, my baby. No, but I've, I have got used to it. I do think I am a, a, an intimidating presence for a small, small human sometimes. But yeah, I can see why Monica would uh, take it personally, especially if it's uh, a baby of her family. On the subject of Monica and babies for yeah. a moment, there's, I was thinking while I was watching this episode, there's, there's a lot throughout Friends, even from right from the start, where Monica's still relatively young about her wanting a baby isn't there there's like that's a really long story arc that basically goes throughout all of friends for her before eventually adopting twins like obviously she does have children in the end Mm. um but that's um i don't know it's sort of tinged with a little bit of sadness at this point isn't it her sort of real wish to have a child obviously that's the whole point between her and richard as to why they break up there's that's quite a um that's quite a deep little plot that runs throughout Friends, isn't it? Yeah, I know. And and there is like, there's the whole bit in the cold open of this episode where um, they're all, the, the way Chandler's talking is sort of, you know, kind of the way they're all thinking, isn't it? In a kind of, you've got ages, you've got, you're not, you're not, but you're so, you're so alone and far from having a baby that it's not, you know, that it's not even a thing to consider. And that seems to be the kind of, accepted view of the group you know um and it is just it is tinged with a bit of sadness isn't it but obviously we know it's all fine in the end well it is peter and um you know that's all we can hope do you watch these now going it's okay it's okay monica it's all fine you'll 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 have two you'll have two (laughs) two. too many babies if anything So they decide they can't take the baby to the hospital for some reason that we're not entirely sure of. Uh, and Ross, meanwhile, is scared of injection, so doesn't really want to go in the first place. There's a really nice Chandler line. Actually, I think this is going to be your favourite Chandler line. I think I've landed on it. About the tongue? Oh, no. Oh, no. Let's talk about that in a minute. This is just a really nice throwaway one. And it's kind of a not very frenzy line. It's a bit of an old school sitcom line. But um, Monica throws the basketball out the window when they're pretending it's a baby and he cries. And, and later on, Chandler goes, oh, I was looking forward to playing basketball, but I guess that's out the window. And it's such a, it just, it, it always makes me chuckle, but it's such a, like, old school sitcom style line, isn't it? That doesn't really Yeah, it's a very... Friends different kind of joke really isn't it yeah it is it is but it's it's good and it's and it works and it's really nicely delivered yeah i mean let's let's talk about the tongue shall we i mean we 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 sort of sounded the alarm for the hand job joke a couple of weeks ago didn't we um are we sounding a kind of lingus alarm <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't know if i want us to have one of those well no um, i don't think we should and, and it's odd it's an odd it's, it's still quite odd isn't it but again not a very frenzy joke <laughs> But it's it's the fact that it takes a couple of seconds for the penny to drop for for the audience watching and for you watching yourself, I guess, because it's right. Joey saying, "My uncle Sal has a really big tongue, and that's why he could understand Ross when Ross was sort of having an allergic reaction." Yeah, and Chandler's response is, "Oh, is he the one with the beautiful wife?" <laughs> Which I do love that line because it takes you a couple of seconds and then you realise that yes, friends did just make a Cunnilingus joke. Yeah, there's no, I, I was I do that thing now and it's the same with the hand job joke where I was like, what possible other joke could that be? You know, obviously our minds both went same to the same thing, so it must be that. But because it's so um, strangely incongruent with the the whole vibe of the show, it does just make you go, have I definitely not missed? A much more family friendly joke there. But yes. I don't think I don't think I have. No, it's that. It's definitely that. Yeah. <laughs> but they do it, they commit to it, and then it just moves on. I like it. The joke. Yeah. <laughs>
just just to be clear. <laughs> That's really tickled me. Ah, deep breaths, everyone. Moving on. Um, not much more to say about Ross's allergies before we get to the baby on the bus, but one of two firsts in Friends this episode, and this is the first episode where we learn Ross has a PhD. Yes, okay, yeah, that does get referenced, doesn't it? Yeah, Monica sort of says, my brother, the PhD, is allergic to injections, and uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a bit of a throwaway, but it is the first time they've they've made reference to it, and um, that obviously becomes a running trope. There's another big first in this episode, which we'll get onto uh, towards the end of the episode, I guess, based on the order of these plots so far. But should we sort of round off and do the, the, the bus baby? Yes, the bus baby. Uh, it always feels weird when friends do scenes outside. I mean, it doesn't happen very often. There's this one. There's when uh, Rachel and Phoebe go for their run in the park. It doesn't. It really doesn't happen very much. This is very much outside. They've got buses and yeah. they're in the real world, aren't they? Yeah, on an actual bus running down the street with loads of traffic around. Yeah, three buses, no less. An implausible three-bus lineup. Uh, well, I mean, let's pick apart the baby on the bus plot line, shall we? As Jordan says, let's address the sort of um, Barney Stinson element of it, you know, the sort of... I mean, the bit where they um, reference, look at that talent, uh, really sort of yeah. jumps out in uh, in 2021, doesn't it? There's also that bit where they say, pack of babes. <laughs> It's not just pack of babes, it's aim him at that pack of babes. And they sort of literally move the baby like it's a radar and sort of point the baby towards the, in inverted commas, pack of babes. Maybe one will peel away. Like it's some sort of uh, absolutely irresistible yore that she, she couldn't possibly not sort of leave her friends and be magnetically drawn to the baby. I mean, I understand people's appeal to babies like they're cute and stuff, but they wouldn't like, People are quite used to seeing babies in life. Yes, it's not it's not a complete anomaly, is it? I guess the idea that they go for and they misjudge at the start is maybe you don't get lots of, you know, young, cool, single men with a baby. That uh, that might be a nice way of initiating conversation. But I would suggest the better way to do that would be to wait for a potential conversation to arise naturally rather than sort of trying to walk near women and, and pointing a baby at them. Um, it obviously backfires initially, doesn't it? And, and and they get this um interaction with a woman. Well, this is another bloody classic friends thing that I don't think we'll ever certainly get. And maybe even people of our generation in America wouldn't get. But there's a show called Caroline in the City um, that was on around the same sort of time. And the woman that thinks they're a gay couple is is not only the actor who plays Caroline in the City but she is playing Caroline, <laughs> the character from Caroline. And the How's City. that clear? I think just by reference to the fact her brother is trying to adopt. Like, I think there's, uh, yeah, okay. I, I, and they live in New York and all this sort of stuff, you know? I mean, it's quite a progressive little, uh, progressive, given it, this is what, 1996? Same-sex adoption. Yeah, Great. it's nice that it's so sort of normalised, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that happens, and then I was doing some sort of reading on that, and it turns out Matthew Perry appears in Caroline in the City later as Chandler. Does he? So, yeah, it's absolute mad shit was going on in the nineties in the American sitcoms, wasn't it? Clearly, because yeah. the whole mad uh, there's the mad about Phoebe, you thing uh, with Phoebe yeah, and Phoebe Ursula. And Ursula, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're just all like wandering into each other's worlds, and there's part of me that really likes the idea that they're all set in the same. Manhattan, do you know what I mean? But it is kind of a mindfuck. The FCU, the Friends Cinematic Universe. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's not. There's not enough sort of 
obvious detail to make you know. So you'd have to be a really big fan of Caroline in the City, wouldn't you, to, to Which know that, that no was one was. Nobody was. Uh, it was, um, it was it premiered in 1995 in the must-see TV Thursday night uh, block between Seinfeld and ER. So, I mean, it's really fallen between those two <laughs> Huge yeah. stools, hasn't it? But between the two, between stools, yeah, not like medical stool. Oh, well, no, I didn't think that. All right, I just know why you said <laughs> it with disgust. <laughs> mate, no, I've just mate. not heard the expression before. I didn't mean like Gillian McKeith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for between two stools, um, right. to fail to be or take one of two satisfactory alternatives. It's not exactly, um, exactly right for the situation, but it certainly is a phrase. Uh, you <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, anyway, they get on the bus because of, in inverted commas, that talent. They chat up the girls. They get off the bus. And in, I'm going to say it, Pete. Completely implausibly, they leave the baby. Yeah, because well, they've put the baby in some sort of seat, haven't they? Uh, and yeah. yet still got the pram. And yet don't realise that he's not in the pram when they get off pushing the pram. But the seat is massive. Like, it's it's a huge thing to accidentally leave. You get off a bus, you, you have a quick glance down at the seat, don't you, in case your phone's fallen out of your pocket or something like that. But you definitely would notice a baby. But also, even if they didn't do that naturally, their whole conversation with the women is about the baby. So they're sort of... <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're continuously talking about Ben and sort of pointing the baby at them. Like... Where have they put him? Um, well, maybe he's, you know, wandered around the bus. No, he's a baby. Can't wander. No, exactly. He's a baby strapped into a chair that Chandler's basically holding. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't know what to do if I left a baby on the bus, to be fair. So so props to them for knowing to call the transit authority and, and sort of track down the lost and found. Well, uh, the baby's in safe hands with Hank, the security guard from the office. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, he looks so young, doesn't he? I know. It was nice, wasn't it? So yeah, Hank's, Hank's on the desk. Well, the thing about Hank, right? Not not the character, the the, guy, the 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 reception, you know, the man on the desk in the New York Transit Authority is he makes a big song and dance of how stupid it is to leave a baby on the bus, you know. Turns out there's two of them. How, who else has left a? Are we are we supposed to believe? How often does this happen? Yeah, two different groups of people have left a baby on the bus within the same hour. That is remarkable. Also, they seem to just then leave both babies unattended in some back room that it seems purpose-built for babies abandoned on the bus because there's, like, kids' things on the walls. Yeah, Yeah, the sort of lost and found nursery room. Yeah, no one's looking after the babies, are they? Um, So, yeah, I mean, if if, 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 um, Big Tong wasn't Jordan's favourite line, it must be what kind of scary-ass clowns went to your birthday party. But I think you might be right. It might be. It might be Beautiful Wife. Jordan, please confirm which your favourite line is. But Ducks' heads, because Ducks have heads, is an absolute stalwart of friends in terms of just a line that will always be with me. And then, yeah, I mean, do they just do they actually flip for him? We never really say the resolution, but they, do they just take a baby at random? Well, they get really lucky, don't they? The but, yeah, they get lucky. Yeah, but they, they just do flip for him, don't they? And again, I thought Hank or someone down the old uh, NYTA would have gone, that baby was found on the bus bus 33 or whatever to to 25 minutes ago so they could at least match up the babies um maybe it isn't ben and maybe that's why he looks nothing like ross yes and maybe ross finds out in season six and that's why we never see ben again somewhere else is actual ben and we'll never know 
This is a conspiracy theory. Well, doesn't Cole Sprouse have a twin? Yes, I think you're right. I think he does off the top of my head. And if he does, I think they're all oh, brother. They're, they've got... He's got a face. Oh, yeah, twin, Dylan Sprouse. There you go. The one off of uh, the Disney Channel. Yeah, so maybe, actually, that's Dylan Sprouse, not Cole Sprouse. I don't know. This this is a theory that needs some fleshing out. And we certainly shan't be doing it now. But, yeah, maybe it isn't. Uh, the, the only other thing to say about this is that the way they get busted is because Ross spots the um, writing on the diaper, you know, public services or thing. Does the New York Transit Authority have its own branded diapers for this? It's that, co- it's, it's that common. They've got their own line of diapers to, to whack on babies that get left on the bus every day. Yeah, I feel like I feel like labelling a nappy is probably unnecessary, but they do yeah. do all the same. Yes. Well, yeah, I, either the nappy or the baby is property of the <laughs> New York City Transit yeah. Authority, but... Uh, there you go. So there we go. Baby on bus done. Shall we do Phoebe and and Chrissy Hind in a minute? Yes, good cameo. Well, it's not even a cameo. Proper guest star. Proper guest star and Pete, not just a guest star. I'll leave you with that for the adverts. Listen, listen carefully. There's two bumper episodes coming out, but that's just the order of. There's eight more, Roger. Eight of them. People might hear them, Roger. I'm going to lie low. I think you should too. <laughs> Brian and Roger are back. Two brand new episodes and a whole new series wherever you get your podcasts. And see Brian and Roger live at the London Podcast Festival and the Many A Chocolate Factory in a whole new stage show. Check websites for ticket details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But Dave, I'm a Patreon listener, so I don't have adverts. Uh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, and that was the nearest thing we've done to a cliffhanger ever in Friends with Friends, wasn't it? Um, but as we've immediately come back, if you if you're a Patreon subscriber, so um, what's going on then? Well, we'll get to it in a minute. Should we do this plot? Ah, oh, you tease. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a strange one as well because Rachel and Phoebe. I've, it feels like watching this back, they just filmed this episode on two different days completely because Rachel and Phoebe are only ever together in Central Perk. They don't interact with any of the others, and vice versa. Yeah, that's true. Actually, it's very separate plot. Yeah, they're just sort of you guys. You guys are sat over there, and the other guys are in the in the apartment or or elsewhere. Um, so they're in Central Perk. We get Phoebe. Sh- a lot of good Phoebe songs in this. Actually, we've got Terry's a jerk. We've got the the shower song. We've got um, a couple of others that I can't remember off the top of my head. I noted that down. You get like a whole album from her, don't you? Yeah, you do get a whole album from her, and um, not only that, a rare Terry appearance as well. I assume that is this Terry's last appearance? It must be, mustn't it? Yeah, I don't see. He's only in it about twice or three times, isn't he? Him asking Rachel to fire Phoebe's a dick move, so I'm glad he disappears. Yeah, Terry is a jerk. It turns out, isn't he? That's an absolutely accurate song. Well, it's just like it's it, it. He's the if he's the owner of this place. Like, do your own dirty work, Taz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he must have hired her in the first place, unless I guess. The only defence would be if actually Rachel was the one that wanted, you know, that Rachel sort of hired her in the first place and sort of was like, can you just let my friend play? And he's finally had enough, you know? Um, so he's hired Chrissy Hind. He's hired Stephanie. Stephanie knows all the chords. Another great Phoebe. Well, that's not a song yeah. really, but a line. I remember I uh, met someone called Stephanie once uh, in Las Vegas and I just sang that line at her because I'd had a few... Hundred beers by then. Get the reference. Absolutely, big friends fan, and that we bonded, okay. and we we are still in touch. So that line has uh, made me a friend. Oh, good. Even though I was probably annoying consistently all night, just going Stephanie knows all the chords. Uh, <laughs> never really confirmed how many chords the Stephanie I met actually does know. Um, well, hopefully at least some. Yeah, well, you know, like we'll find out one day, hey? Um, so he's hired Chrissy Hind to sort of come in and play. This is strange, like, because the Jingle Bitch um, episode that we did very recently is the very similar setups, aren't they? We're hiring a professional singer for Central Perk. Yeah, and then Phoebe having some sort of little rivalry with them and then yeah. actually singing with them. My name's written out there in chalk. You can't just erase chalk. The way she delivers that line is so funny. Like that sort of yeah. way she trails off on chalk. Um, at the end. I mean, this whole plot, basically, right, could have been very easily avoided in the first place, couldn't it? Rachel could have just originally gone, can Phoebe still play? And then not told Phoebe that he was paying Stephanie, and it would have all been fine. But then we wouldn't have got the drama, would we, Peter? No, exactly. What I would say, Chrissy Hind, not a good actor, is she? <laughs> no, she's very, uh, very, very, very dry, isn't she? Yeah, she's sort of doing a bad drama school impression of a sulky teenager you know when they're in the street and she's like can you do these chords like uh yeah uh yeah it's very um it's very day one of acting school isn't it big guest star though for them particularly at this point in the 90s huge guest star yeah she wasn't really aware of friends apparently when she got asked to do it uh but she did anyway and obviously i'm sure she she's glad she did here's the thing pete here's the excellent fact that i learned 
and I didn't know. I'm happy to hold my hands up and say, I did not know this. And I'd be interested to know how many people listening already did know this. Do you know what else Chrissy Hine did? Uh, no. No, not, not like in her life, not like being in The Pretenders and all of that. What specifically Chrissy Hine from The Pretenders did in this episode? No. She wrote Smelly Cat. she basically wrote the music for it so betsy bournes who i referenced earlier the writer her and adam chase the two writers i think must have written the lyrics as part of the script and this is the first appearance of smelly cat i sort of said there's a big oh wow a big debut for smelly cats this is the first appearance of smelly cat they just thought oh it'll be a funny little song as a one-off uh we'll get chrissy hine to sort of write it and uh there it is so yeah chrissy hine from the pretenders is a credited writer of Smelly Cat. Who, I did not know that. What a writing credit to have. Isn't that mad? She wrote the effing song. I guess they li- kind of made good use of her while they had her. Well, yeah. I wonder if she still gets royalties. I mean, I'm sure she does. And I'm sure those royalties are one of her biggest royalties, even though she's yeah. in a huge band. Um, so there you go. That is my absolute favourite fact of the day. Yeah, very good. Yeah, the debut of Smelly Cat, the first... Um, the first ever appearance of it. And yeah, like I say, it was supposed to be uh, a one-time thing. Um, but it obviously runs and runs and runs and it's become it's become one of the biggest... Uh, fee- well, it's the biggest Phoebe song, isn't it? It's one of the biggest tropes from all of Friends. Although having uh, looked into it this time, turns out it only actually appears nine times in Friends. Nine is still quite a lot, I think, for for a one-off song. That's well, true. It is a nine-off it is, song. Yeah. <laughs> it is more than one, certainly, in almost every way. But it just feels like over 10 years, actually, in my head, it had happened 20 or 30 times, you know, but only nine. Uh, but yeah, like you say, considering it's supposed to be a one-shot. And then, um, yeah, the only other thing about this plotline was the first appearance of Frank Jr., but maybe not Frank Jr., but I like to think it's Frank Jr., uh, he obviously, you can kind of see why they clearly liked the actor who plays Frank Jr. even right. before he was Frank Jr. Because he is a proper little scene stealer at that moment, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's so good, isn't he? He is absolutely great. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, there's sort of plot holes in the sense that he says he's never been to New York before. But I'd say it's also entirely plausible that he just forgot that he'd been to New York. He's not he's not the sharpest tool in the box, is he? Also, you know, when Rachel steps outside to give Phoebe a coffee... She yeah. gives her this massive mug of coffee to to keep her warm and hands her this giant mug that you can see has like a teaspoon full of coffee in the bottom. <laughs> and also Rachel's been stood inside Central Perk holding it for a while. So what she's done, I, it seems, is give Phoebe the leftovers of someone else's coffee. <laughs> so generous. Oh, so generous. Oh, I hate the empty coffee cups in Friends. It's one of my absolute bugbears. Just put some coffee in it, guys. It's not that expensive. Should we have a quiz? Yeah, let's do a quiz. Uh, courtesy of Fourth Quizard Amy, who I have actually met. You met her on Saturday, and it was her birthday. Yes, exactly. Actually, she didn't stay around to say hello afterwards. That was uh, I was uh, I, I realised that. I hope, she, hope she had a terrible time. Maybe she did, actually. Amy, do you want to get in touch and let us know if you had a terrible time? Sorry about that. But it was nice to see you. And um, yeah, thanks for all the quizzes. Ready? Yep. What name does not Frank call out Re the Condom? Uh, Christine? Um, well, yes, I think it is Christine. 
But confusingly, the answer that Amy's provided is Frank. <laughs> <laughs> that, that must be an error. I think that's a typo. <laughs> um, Amy, you've got sloppy. You've got oh, sloppy. Oh, wow, Amy. I take it back. I hope you did have a terrible time at the weekend. So hang on, we're going to give Amy this. And we're going to give ourselves a tentative. Yeah. Even though fair. we're not entirely sure. Um... Well, that was an odd start. Uh, <laughs> question two. How much money does Phoebe earn busking? Oh, shite. Don't know. Something eight, in I think it's eight something. Eight dollars. Yeah. No, I don't know. You go. Uh, oh, you have to show you're working here. It's six dollars 27 cents, not eight dollars 27 cents because she says she put the first two in herself. Oh, very good. Well, we got that wrong. Uh, question three, what's the full name of the professional singer? Stephanie Schiffer. Schiffer, good. Uh, it's correct. Yes. Uh, question four, which particular chords does Phoebe ask Stephanie if she knows? D. <laughs> a. We're going for D and A. B minor, maybe? I can't remember. Yeah, I remember. Ah, uh, it's D and A minor. D and A minor. Oh, no. Half a mark. No, thank you. No half marks in this. Uh, and question five, how long have the brother and brother's boyfriend of one of the babes been trying to adopt? <laughs> Three years? It's correct. And I'm annoyed, Amy, because in my notes I wrote down Dr. Carlin because I was confident you'd ask me what the name of the bloody doctor that injects Ross is oh. called, and I'm annoyed that didn't come up, so never mind, eh? Oh, well. Uh, that concludes the quiz. So uh, would you like to know what next week's episode is? Would I? Would you? Yes. It comes courtesy of Jamie, and it's season eight, episode 14, the one with the secret closet. Okay, sure. Do you know what? I reckon that's one of the episodes that I've watched fewest. Yes. Ditto, yeah. I can't... I mean, I can recall the main plot. I couldn't tell what the other ones are off the top of my head. Um, This is sort of Tulsa-era Chandler, I think, maybe, off the top of my head. I can't even remember that. But there you go. We'll find out next week, won't we, Peter? Well, we certainly will. Bye. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. 
The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.